You are live with the App Show. Mike Eggerbo here with John Beeler. Our show is all about the world of apps and mobile technology. And we've got a great program for you today. Uh, some interesting stuff. TikTok, a very popular social video platform, uh, the fastest growing one. I think they're up to 2 billion users. Is that right, John? That sounds about right, yeah. I mean, that's amazing <laughs> when you think how many people uh, use it. It's addictive. And what makes it addictive is it's just like little short form videos. You just kind of keep scrolling up as, you know, you want to move on to the next one. And they have this, they claim this algorithm that can really hone in on your interests and just really serve you up videos that will get you excited. Well, they're now confirming that uh, their own employees can decide what goes viral. <laughs> I guess they're a human algorithm, John. Yeah. Well, it's a bypass of the algorithm. The algorithm does exist, but we'll talk about what the what the employees actually have access to. We will also uh, be talking about smart homes and specifically smart appliances. Uh, you know, when we were down at uh, the Consumer Electronics Show, John, we looked at a lot of stuff from LG and Samsung, and they just they just kept going on about how their washing machines and fridges and stoves are all connected. They're smart appliances. It's actually hard to buy an appliance that's not connected nowadays. Yeah. Even like my Dyson fans are connected. But studies are showing that 50% of customers don't or won't connect their smart appliances. So we'll be talking about uh, that uh, as well. And finally, uh, the RCMP in Richmond, British Columbia have busted a driver's license forgery lab. Well, it's an interesting story, and we'll tell you why that's important. But let's get to some of the uh, the mobile tech news, John. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but it looks like the Rogers-Shaw merger has cleared another hurdle. Uh, they are going to let it go through. So it's, it's happening. I mean, uh, a lot of folks didn't want it to happen because they said it's going to reduce competition here in Canada, but it looks like uh, it's, it's, all, it's all moving forward, John. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. The competition bureau was sort of the last hurdle, I guess, that it, they they had some concerns and the various groups that were opposing uh, the sale. That was their last kind of their last uh, ditch effort to block this the sale. And yeah, now that's been removed, and presumably everything will just continue, and the sale will happen probably some point this year. Yeah, it, uh, it'll be interesting to see when that uh, the dust all settled there. I saw another interesting uh, news article about Rogers, John. Do you remember the big outage they had last June? Yes. We'll always be talking, where were you in June 2022? <laughs> when the, the entire country went down with the phone service. Um, do you know how many new subscribers they've added since then? I do not. You'd think that would have hurt them, right? No, 200,000, over 200,000 new subscribers. Well, people forget. And as we talk about all the time on this show, the only way to get a deal with your current provider is to switch to somebody else and hope that you'll get a win back offer. That's the dream. The deal, unless you switch somewhere because it's a good deal, which happens too. But generally you have to go somewhere and then come back to actually get the sweet deal, which is just ridiculous and a huge pain in the butt for most consumers. 
Samsung, they are going to be announcing a new phone coming up uh, this Wednesday. Uh, we'll, of course, be covering that in next uh, week's program. But it looks like Samsung Wallet is now coming to Canada. I guess that's kind of like Apple Pay. And i I got to be honest, I already thought it was here in Canada. <laughs> I didn't know. I, I think it it was partially implemented, and then they changed it, and now it's coming back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Samsung Wallet includes features like Samsung Pay. I guess maybe that's what I'm confused yeah, about. It was, yeah, it was Samsung Pay, yeah. Uh, digital keys, health kind of all in uh, one one spot, essentially. So that, that's good news for Samsung owners. I mean, Samsung and, and Apple with their iPhone, they're neck and neck in the smartphone race, really, when you look at yeah. it. I know a lot of people, you know, talk, well, what about Google Pixel? The Pixel doesn't, I mean, I love it. It's a beautiful phone, but it, it doesn't even really, it's like single digit market share. Yeah, it's a very niche player in the overall smartphone race. I know. I I would have thought it's more, John. Just you know, from all the noise, you know what I mean, like the marketing and advertising. And I guess I just hang around with a lot of Google Pixel owners as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, Samsung and the Android side definitely uh, definitely owns that uh, space. Uh, speaking of outages, Microsoft had an outage this week—a four-hour outage, which affected things like Microsoft Teams. Yay, <laughs> and and Outlook. So on one side, I, I think people are probably upset their, you know, their email wasn't working. But on the other side, I'm sure there wasn't a lot of crying that Microsoft Teams went down, which is kind of like, snow, it's like a snow day for adults. <laughs> totally. Oh no, I, I couldn't make that meeting, man. You know, it was, <laughs> my Microsoft Teams was down. So for those who don't know, Microsoft Teams is like Microsoft's version of, of Zoom, kind of comes packaged with Microsoft Office, and you can use it for free as 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 well. But uh, yeah, I I guess it was a worldwide outage uh, as well, mm-hmm. which is pretty rare for Microsoft. Yeah, they're usually pretty stable. Uh, yeah. Uh, also in the the tech uh, news, this was we keep talking about these AirTag stories, John. Right. Yeah. And this this one was hilarious. Uh, a woman tracked her lost bag with air tags. It was an Air Canada flight, uh, and she knew where it was. And they kept telling Air Canada, and Air Canada donated her bag with the air tag in to charity. Yeah, it was in a warehouse that uh, they thought was a luggage sort of storage warehouse, but it was actually a holding spot for the charity that was picking up the donated luggage from unclaimed baggage, essentially at uh, the Toronto airport. I find that really strange, John. Like, why Why would Air Canada do that? Like, with all the, the baggage trouble they've been having, like, why would they be so quick just to... I get it if that bag had been there for a year. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Or two years. But they were just ready to blow that out. Yeah. And it wasn't there that long. No. Well, it, I, think, I think this particular case had been in play for about four months. Yeah, yeah but... when there's an when the owner actually knows phys- physically where it is, and because it's a private facility, they don't have access to it. And they were trying to get the police involved and everything. Like it was just well, they, they did. They got the police involved. They went to the warehouse. Yeah, and, and police found over 500 pieces of luggage, many bags that had iPhones, laptops, iPads, and more air tags. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, 
I always wondered what they did with baggage that no one ever claimed. So obviously, they send it to charity, but but again, yeah. that quickly, like four months, that's no. But but even still, if you've got an air tag in your luggage and you know where it is, and you're telling Air Canada where it is. Is it just you're not talking to the right people? Like, well, I no, I I think it would be hard, John, right? Because there are thousands of Air Canada employees. Do you think the person that woman's talking to on the phone even knows that they have a facility in Etobicoke, Ontario? Well, they should. There should be an, like a, a like a, a baggage claim support area that knows where these things are, and then they can have an inventory of because clearly her bag had the tag on it still like the actual paper tag you know the sticker yes theoretically that's right found, that's how they would have found it you, you would think you would think john that they would put together a baggage crisis team like because this was a huge problem over the past year yeah. right you'd think that you'd have like a swat team a baggage swat team that would just you know set up like a an emergency center where they would just get their stuff together but also, if I was to show up at this this warehouse, and let, let's just pretend it's near Canada warehouse, not this uh, charity warehouse. If I show up at this warehouse with my iPhone and I'm saying, my luggage is 100 feet in front of me, let me walk to it and I can prove that it's my luggage. Right? Like, why wouldn't they facilitate that? That's a win for the for everybody if they get their luggage back in a reasonable amount of time. I think the problem though, John, is a lot of times that luggage is ending up in a completely different city from where that person lives. Do you know what I mean? And that's and that's fine. Yeah. But this person was motivated to, to follow it and she yeah. had literally, you know, a way of tracking it. Okay. We're going to have to take a break. Uh, I want to give a, th- a shout out to a contest that we got going right now. It's uh, on our website, getconnectedmedia.com, working with TELUS and the Friendly Future Foundation. They do a lot of great charity work. Uh, connecting uh, Canadians at ri- at risk youth and uh, helping with uh, environmental uh, climate technology as well. We're giving away a Samsung S22 smartphone. This is a beautiful Samsung phone, fantastic cameras on it. And also $500 that you can give away to your favorite Canadian charity. It's an amazing prize package. And again, if you want more info and chances uh, to even get more entries, go to getconnectedmedia.com. When we come back, Richmond RCMP bust a driver's license forgery lab uh, right here in British Columbia. We'll tell you all about it and why uh, we should be concerned about it. You're listening to The App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with The App Show. Mike Eggerboy here with John Beeler. Uh, this was an interesting story, John. The Richmond RCMP here in uh, British Columbia, they busted a, a lab that was uh, creating fake driver's licenses. So this wasn't uh, creating fake driver's license, I think, for the uh, the sake of uh, getting minors into the liquor store or bars. Uh, I think there was a more nefarious purpose for it. Yeah, and they were actually making uh, other things too, not just driver's licenses. They were doing driver's licenses for Alberta, Ontario, and even Washington State. They had templates for things like the Canadian permanent residency cards and other types of identification. Like, this is just really bad that they're this sophisticated. They had a very elaborate setup. And what's really concerning about this is that apparently the quality was very high end and, you know, 
this kind of stuff you can't just go to Staples and buy, right? You have to custom order it. The the right materials have to be used, all that type of stuff. But the sort of the the point of our talking about this is the fact that all they need to have some of this information is some of your uh, information that they've gleaned from these databases they've bought on the internet because of various data hacks and breaches or access to your personal information in some way. And what they've been doing is they're actually creating these IDs with all of your personal information so it actually checks out on the system. But the trick is they're actually putting the photo of the bad guy on the ID. So, so for identity theft, essentially. Yeah. So you go to the bank, they go to the bank, it's the photo of whoever's going to the bank, but it's all your personal information. So they're getting things like car loans and uh, all kinds of like credit uh, products and credit cards and that type of stuff. And they're legitimate cards on a legitimate account, but the person sitting there is not the legitimate person. So this is a concern, right? Because they can take out um, credit cards in your name. Uh, in Ontario, and this blew my mind, John, um, you know, I read a story about uh, this poor woman, her condo was sold without yeah. her knowing. I, and I, in my brain can't even fathom how that would ever happen. Like this million dollar condo and they got away with it. Yeah. And then I read, this has happened 30 more times there in Ontario. Yeah. Isn't that insane? So this is the kind of stuff that organized crime and these individuals do. They, they need this so that they can do this. They can fake being you to, uh, I mean, literally could steal your condo. That's insane. Yeah. But they can take out like a, you know, a Best Buy credit card or whatever. They can, they can really mess things up. Yeah. And they don't even need, I mean, they, they'll have some of your information as long as it matches up with something that's in the system somewhere or, yeah. you know, a credit bureau or that type of thing, it will pass muster. But the physical ID that they're sharing with, you know, Best Buy or the bank or car dealerships, it'll, it'll, it'll look real. It'll seem real. Everything will check out except for the fact it's not the actual person. Yeah. No, when I, when I first, when you first, you know, sh sent me that story, John, I just thought, oh, they're making fake IDs for kids, right? Yeah. But no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I remember back in the day, um, I won't name names, uh, but, you know, one of my friends was making fake, well, they weren't making fake IDs. Remember the stencil, uh, letter stencils yeah. you could get down at Kohl's? Uh, that was kind of like a, a bookstore back in the day in the mall. And they would basically just write the proper year in so that it would look like you're 19. Right. I remember but, on Granville Street, they used to actually have fake ID stores. Really? In the day. Really? Yeah. I mean, they, it wasn't called fake ID stores, but it was like, <laughs> get your passport photos and other things. And if they had signs in the windows, it basically it's like, get your fake ID here, basically. That's where all my friends in high school would get their fake IDs from. Yeah. But, you know, so this story here where they, they've shut down this forgery lab, I don't even know how to tell people to protect themselves from this. Do you know what I mean? No. It's no, hard because every, like all these big government organizations, hospitals, uh, big retailers, they're getting hacked constantly and that information is just getting out there. Like well, our, I, I our information. Think, yeah. I, I think one of the things that they can do to protect against this is we're going to start getting to the point where you actually have to have a photo on file yeah. for various purposes, right? Yeah. You know, and we've talked about this before with things like 
your passport and when you're traveling, it has to all match up, right? Same thing when you're going to buy anything over like $100 on a credit card uh, or getting a credit card application or buying a car or anything like that. There needs to be like a photo ID proof that you're who you are and not just with the physical ID that you carry with you in your wallet. It has to be verified online somewhere that Mike is Mike. Yeah, I, I think we'll get more into biometrics too, like fingerprints or palm scans. I mean, Amazon's doing that with their Go stores. You just scan yeah. your palm, you wave your palm over um, a, a scanner uh, or just facial scans. Like they're doing that at airports now. Yeah. Like I had yeah. to board a plane with WestJet. I, f I forget what city. Um, and they just scanned my face and I, I could walk past the gate. To yeah, that was plane. our Las Vegas trip recently. Yeah. Again, I'm so confused. Where did they get my face? <laughs> I don't know if that's something uh, the government has shared, like my passport photo or something. It w must have, yeah. And, and, and it was amazingly fast. Same yeah, thing. You, yeah. you just walk through. Yeah. And same with the, the Nexus scanners in the airports now. It just scans my face and boom, I'm done. You don't have to input anything. Okay, we are going to have to take a break. You are tuned into the app show when we come back. TikTok. Is it all in the algorithm or are humans helping it out a bit in serving up videos? Back after this. You're back with the App Show. Don't forget to enter our contests at getconnectedmedia.com. We're giving away a Samsung Galaxy S22 smartphone. And this is courtesy of uh, TELUS's uh, Friendly Future Foundation. Uh, they're the charitable arm of TELUS, doing all sorts of uh, great work here in Canada. So not only do you get a chance to win that beautiful Samsung smartphone, you also will be given $500 to give to your favorite charity. It, it can't be you, <laughs> but a recognized Canadian charity. So uh, it's your chance to win a Samsung Galaxy S22 smartphone worth over $1,000 and $500 to give to your favorite charity. If you want uh, a chance to win and uh, find a way to get more entries, again, go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com. Okay, John, it's TikTok time. You're addicted to it. I'm addicted now. It's uh, it's a video app where you just, I mean, you can spend hours on there just scrolling through videos. And the idea is that the algorithm basically learns your, your preferences, your likes and dislikes, and really hones in on the type of content you want. But it, it looks like now that humans have a little bit in there as well. Yeah, this is kind of not a surprise, but... Uh... This past week, uh, TikTok has confirmed to Forbes magazine that, in fact, some of their employees do have access to a special button. It's called a heating heating button that allows them to sort of bubble up certain videos so that they will show up in your FYP, which is for you page. It's kind of like your generic stuff you might be interested in that you might start following, you might liking, and um, they... They gave a couple of examples or a couple of reasons why they give their employees the ability to do this. And that's one is because the algorithm isn't perfect. And sometimes they need to have like a fast lane for some uh, some of these videos to go viral. And not always because of the fact it's a celebrity or it's maybe an advertisement or some kind of, you know, somebody's paying to be there. Sometimes they just want to have, have some diversity in the FYP so that it's not just about one or two trends that are happening in a particular day. 
So these employees have kind of like a God mode button. They can actually say, hey, I want this one to go bonkers. And that's why, and I've, I've heard a lot of people say like every once in a while, one of my videos just goes bonkers, you know, viral for no apparent reason. And it's been up there for a while, but it'll get thousands of views in like very short amount of time. And it's because that the algorithm is being sort of coerced by the employees saying, hey, shove people this way more so. Is this a surprise to you, John? No, I don't think so. I mean, there, the assumption to me at least has always been that any platform that people are behind has the, they have the ability to sort of bubble things up, you know, whether it's, you know, Twitter and basically forcing certain tweets to be seen by everybody, whether you're following them or not, uh, to Instagram, you know, what kind of trends are popular. I, I imagine there's brands that are paying to be the popular trend or, you know, the thing that people are talking about, whether it hits everybody or not might depend on the type of products. But there's always been some kind of external influence. It's not just completely, you know, mathematically driven algorithms. Yeah, but they don't you feel they, they need to be transparent about that? Well, I think they just were. Yeah. <laughs> but, but but even then they're there's they're claiming that, you know, this is only like a very small, like single digit percentage of videos that are shown. But some of the videos that I get shown, I'm like, why would this show up? Like it's completely not in my wheelhouse whatsoever, and it has very low views. It's someone that's not even you know regionally located near me, so it's there's not that. Like there's lots of influence of things that can sort of cause you to see more of things. Like you know we're in Vancouver. I tend to get a lot of Vancouver centric videos. Yeah, but, you know every once in a while I'll get one from New York or somewhere else that I haven't been recently, and it's not a big you know, influencer from those places. Yeah. So the main reason they're doing this is to, uh, I guess, keep some of their more high profile creators happy and, and I guess trying to keep some of their, their business customers happy in a yeah. nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, the one thing that would be nice is if, if you could tell that this was a, a staff pick or some other kind of uh, identifier on the video. So, you know, it's been artificially inflated as opposed to, um, the algorithm or, you know, a paid advertisement, you know, which, you know, using the, any of these platforms that are free, we've all come to expect that there's going to be advertising. And most of the time they're well, uh, labeled as a sponsored post or an ad or some other identifier that's obvious. You've tuned in to the app show. Uh, I've been talking about TikTok and, uh, maybe the not sophisticated algorithm that's serving some of the videos to you to you it looks like humans are heating them up so to speak we are gonna have to take a break don't forget to listen to our or sorry don't forget to enter our contest uh, at getconnectedmedia.com giving away a samsung galaxy s22 smartphone and uh, a 500 dollars charity gift card that you can give to your favorite canadian charity all courtesy of the telus friendly future foundation when we come back from the break have you hooked up your smart appliances well, apparently half of you haven't, and we'll tell you why. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Don't forget to hit our website, getconnectedmedia.com, giving away a Samsung Galaxy S22 smartphone. This thing's worth over $1,000, plus a $500 charity gift card that you can give to your favorite Canadian charity, all courtesy of the TELUS Friendly Future Foundation. 
We're going to talk uh, smart appliances now. John, we uh, were in Vegas uh, just a few weeks ago, and all the big appliance makers, whether that was like Whirlpool, LG, Samsung, all their stuff is connected now, meaning that you connected to your Wi-Fi network and you can use an app to do things. Uh, apparently, Samsung's fridge will talk to its oven. Uh, I don't know how that <laughs> will make your life easier. But apparently, 50% of customers aren't connecting their smart appliances. And yeah. it's it's funny because I suspected this for a long time. I just think most people don't care. Well, it, like we said off the top of the show, it's actually hard to find an appliance these days that isn't connected to the internet. Yeah. Uh, like you have to go out of your way to find a dumb television these days, right? Yeah. Because most TVs, they want you to be on there on, on, on the internet, getting your streaming services all on your TV. Same thing with your appliances. Um, but what's interesting is they, they did a survey about, uh, I think it was LG and Whirlpool that, you know, 50% or maybe even a little bit less people have connected their devices. And there's a couple of reasons why you would want to do this. And there's a couple of reasons why I think you don't want to do this or people, the reasons why people aren't doing this. The one, you know, the main reason for you to connect your device is to get some kind of benefit, right? So whether it's being able to remotely control that device from, you know, from the office. So say you forget to turn the stove off or whatever, you can remotely turn it off or you can monitor something that's in the stove or in your fridge or whatever. You know, some of these fridges now have cameras in it. So you can actually see what's in there while you're going to the grocery store. But there's other things that the manufacturers want you to use these things for. And because a lot of these appliances now, they cost a lot of money and you're not replacing them as often. So they need to have some residual income from these things. So some of these devices, fridges, for example, have, you know, water dispensers. Whirlpool can actually tell you when your water filter needs to be changed and they can do a subscription service to you so that you can actually get a new water filter. And that's a little extra revenue stream for Whirlpool for that fridge. But well, yeah, I guess, the, yeah, LG, they, they've seen incremental increase yeah. in water filter sales because of that. Right. But that's assuming that the customer has actually put that device on to their network. And, you know, the, there's two main reasons why people wouldn't want to do this. One is either it's, you know, too complicated or, you know, too clunky because some of these systems aren't super easy. You know, it's not like setting up an iPhone. It's, it's much more involved because you have to download their app, pair it, do all kinds of different things. Maybe use a touch screen if you're lucky or, you know, a weird set of buttons on the device itself to get onto the internet in the first place. Then you want to get firmware updates, which may or may not come with uh, additional uh, features or, you know, upgrades to the actual device itself. But a lot of devices tend to talk a lot to the internet. And some, some of these devices were found to be re sending a lot of location and specific data about the usage of the device back to the manufacturers. And of course, customers, when they found that out, well, I don't want to give them all this information about my usage of, of this device that I paid for. It's a privacy thing. Yeah, that that happened with some TVs, some yeah. smart TVs. Yeah, it would basically send all that info back to the manufacturer. I think LG was one of those uh, manufacturers. Yeah. Uh, like even if someone plugged a USB, sti a USB stick into the TV, it would send that information. 
Yeah, a directory, like a copy of the directory of all the files that run that USB stick. And so yeah. they would basically know what you're watching. That's going too far. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And there's no reason for them to have it. They, I mean, they'll say it's, well, to improve the customer experience. Well, give me some reason, explain this, you know, you're going to make it so I can watch pirated movies better, you know, on my TV. Yeah. No. But the, the other thing too, and, and you and I talked about this uh, offline, sometimes you do get a device, you set it up, you're all excited about it. And then six months later, maybe the app needs an update or uh, you've changed your your home internet provider and you have a whole new Wi-Fi set up at home. Yeah. You can't be bothered to go back and reset up that device because you weren't really getting any major benefit from it. It's like you're going to get some new feature or something free in the mail because you've activated your device uh, or reactivated, I should say. You have to really be getting some kind of compelling value from actually having it online. No, it's it's true. Um, you know, I've got a few Dyson uh, purifiers fans in my my house and I, I set them all I connected them all when I first got them uh, but you know like you said you know things change and I think only one of them <laughs> is connected anymore and it, it's actually useful because um, it is in my bedroom so I'm able to use um, voice commands you know through Google or or Amazon Alexa to to turn it on and off or up and yeah. down, which that's handy. Like I, I will make a bit of an effort to make sure that thing stays connected. But, uh, you know, I just, I look at some of these smart ovens and washing machines and I'm just like, you know, is it really going to change my life if this thing is Wi-Fi connected? Like, you know, some of the washing machines will send you a text when the, the washing's done. Well, my washing machine just beeps loudly. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I know it's finished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but 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 maybe your washing machine's far, far enough away or two yeah. floors down, whatever, yeah. and you don't hear that beeping. And like, is so I, again, I think it's just going to come down to customer pre preference, and are you willing to give up some privacy to use some of these features? Um, but also, like I said before, it's also really hard to find a device that doesn't come. In some cases, you can't even use it until you print it on the internet. Yeah, they, but like you know, big sticker. Go, go do this, get this app, here's a QR code, you know, you need to do this before we, you can even use it the first time. Yeah, that freaks me out though, John, because we've seen this. Um, if in the future it, it's past its its prime, uh, sometimes these companies just shut down that that cloud service that keeps that thing going. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of rendering well, it useless. Well, especially with some of these appliances that you kind of expect to be able to use for like five or 10 years at least. Yeah. That's a long time on the internet and for an app. Yeah. We, we've seen some, some uh, you know, house cameras like D-Link. They had a bunch of cameras. I have a bunch of their cameras from a long time ago. I got an email saying, hey, we're shutting this all, this all down. You can't use the cameras anymore. Recycle them. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah. D-Link. D-Link. I mean, these were very old cameras. Yeah. Probably at least seven or eight years old. Well, is it? Yeah, but I mean that's old. But I, I would still want those things to work. Well, you paid for them to work. Yeah. <laughs> well, Belkin did that with their webcam line. Yeah. Like they just, I think they killed the whole line. Yeah. Uh, but they gave they gave away um, credits to to buy new stuff, which I thought was good. But yeah, so I 
I'm just concerned. Like if you buy, let's say a Whirlpool washing machine and you have to connect it to the internet and then down the road, you know, they go out of business or they just don't want to support that anymore. You kind of bricked your, your washing machine. I had a, I had a pet smart food feeder yeah. uh, from a very large company in that space. During COVID, their company imploded and the servers got shut off and basically the, you know, I had to recycle it. There was nothing you could do. There's literally nothing you could do to bring it back to life because the backend servers that, and the apps that it used were gone. Really? Yeah. And it was a multi hundred dollar device. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Don't forget to hit our contest, uh, giving away a Samsung Galaxy S22 smartphone and a $500 charity gift card that you can give to your favorite Canadian charity. This is all courtesy of the TELUS Friendly Future Foundation. You have to go to our website to enter, getconnectedmedia.com. And here's the cool part. There's other things you can do to get more entries as well to kind of up your chances of winning this fantastic prize package. Again, getconnectedmedia.com. When we come back, a little more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You are back with the app show. Mike and John here. Uh, read an interesting uh, statistic, John. It's uh, about Android, uh, and Android uh, phones are the largest, uh, uh, make up the largest uh, operating system for smartphones in the world. Uh, and they release updates all the time, just like Apple does with iOS. But uh, this was interesting. Uh, and this is a challenge, I think, that Android's always uh, had. Uh, the latest version of Android, I think it's, is it 13? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's five months after it's launched, and only 5.2% of all Android devices have been updated to Android 13. That's staggeringly low, don't you think? Yeah, because I think the, the equivalent for uh, iOS 16 when it came out was like 80% very quickly. Like, it was very high. Yeah, and this continues to be a challenge for the Android platform. It's just so fragmented. These devices are all running different versions of the Android OS, which yeah, I, I would make it difficult for developers, but also things like security. Yeah. Well, and each of the device manufacturers have to take that image and then sort of rejig it for that specific platform that they sell. Crazy. I want to give a shout out again to our contest. We are giving away a Samsung Galaxy S22 smartphone. It's worth well over $1,000. Plus, you also get a $500 charity gift card that you can give to your favorite Canadian charity. You want to know how to win? Go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com. There, you can find out more information about the contest. And thanks to our friends at uh, the TELUS Friendly Future Foundation for providing all of this. Uh, and you can find ways to get more entries so you can up the chances of winning this great prize package. I want to thank all uh, the folks that helped put the program together. Of course, John, my producer and host, and Robin back at the studio. We'll see you again next time.